0: Welcome to See Differently, a podcast brought to you by the Royal Society for the Blind. I'm Richard Miller, and in this series, we'll chat to some of the amazing people who make See Differently work, and those who benefit from what they do. Now, today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Lisa Kundi. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Richard. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're so welcome. I've got my sexy, sort of Hollywood, rusky voice going on today, you might have noticed. I like it. Do you? I do. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm full of a cut. Co- I've got the man flu, but I'm not one to complain. Good. Lisa and I are old friends because we hung out yesterday at a photo shoot, didn't we?
1: We did hang out at a photo shoot, yes. How was it for you? It wasn't one of my better days, to be (laughs) honest. I, I actually don't like having my photo taken and... My friends are like, who is this woman that's having a photo taken who never wants to have a photo taken?
0: Well, you did exceptionally well for someone who didn't enjoy herself, that is for sure. And tell us who we've got with us as well
1: today. We have three-year-old Lana who is a black female Labrador and she's been my guide dog since June last year.
0: And Lana's beautiful, yeah. isn't she? She, she is. made uh, light work of getting black hair all over that white sheet that we were photographing. The, the
1: uh, white sheet wasn't a great idea. I'm sure she looked great on it with the background, but yeah, her black hair goes everywhere.
0: She absolutely did. Um, now, we're going to talk a bit about your condition today, Lisa, and we're going to talk a bit about your life and and, uh, and and a bit about See Differently as well. So, why don't we start by, why don't you tell us a little bit about your condition? What is it and, and where did it all start?
1: So, I have a genetic eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. It's a condition I was born with, and it's a hereditary condition through um, my dad's side of the family. I was the first female to be diagnosed. Um, they're not sure whether females before me had the condition and weren't diagnosed, or whether I am actually the first um, to be diagnosed. Is that right? First That's interesting. The first one that they know of in my dad's family. Okay. So, I didn't really, um, I didn't really notice that it impacted me mm. until probably in my 30s, but looking back now as a, uh, an 18, 20-year-old walking home from the hotel after yes. a few drinks, I actually thought that I'd just drunk too much and I couldn't see where I was going. But the ophthalmologist actually said that's probably the first signs of it and I just didn't know it at the time, so... When you
0: say that's the first... And I know you were speaking tongue-in-cheek about mm-hmm. coming home from the hotel, but it, was it literally around events like that where maybe you'd had a drink or, or was it at other times of the day as well?
1: No, it was more walking home in the dark. Okay, so, in the dark, right. <clears throat> so yep. with retinitis pigmentosa or RP as it's referred mm-hmm. to, um, the first, first symptom is night vision okay. impaired, so anything in very dull or dark light really is like you squinting really tight okay, yeah. and very, very hard for you to see. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. And so that was when you were much younger, say, a teenager, and then mm. it took all of those years, up until your 30s, you said, before you really got diagnosed.
1: Yeah, and I was – I mean, Dad had it, so I kind of knew what was coming and I knew what to look for as such, yeah. pardon the pun. <laughs> um, And I guess – when I was driving and I had my daughter was born in 2002 so that's when I was about 30 yes I'm old Um, (laughs) but just having her in the car and then having um, when I was driving and having you know kids on bikes on the sides we lived in a country town so there was always kids on bikes and I just didn't always see them and I didn't feel confident that I was going to see the kids and actually got really quite concerned so I Went and spoke to my GP, who then referred me to an ophthalmologist. Mm. Um, so I was probably diagnosed a lot younger than what I technically needed to be. Okay. Yeah. But I was I was concerned that I was going to not see someone on the road sure. um, and a kid riding home from school that I was actually going to impact.
0: And at that time, what was your percentage of impairment? What was your percentage of vision loss?
1: Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but I wasn't classed as legally blind right. then. Yep. Um but i did lose my light my nighttime driving okay so i couldn't drive after dusk really yes. um and i was working in a sa pathology laboratory at the time i was on call so that made life a little bit difficult Yeah. i had to get taxis you know when we got called in at all hours of the night um so that was a bit of an impact and yep. it, it actually made me change jobs it did it yeah, yeah. okay it's just, You know, the the company were really good and supportive, but I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable walking into a laboratory that was black. Yes, You know, it was completely dark, so I ended up changing positions. Um, So, yeah, back then I wasn't legally blind as such, and it wasn't until 2008 when I lost my full licence and was classed as legally blind.
0: And what percentage of vision loss do you have now?
1: Um, I have less than 10
0: You have less than 10% vision. Yeah, okay. And it's interesting you touched on, you said legally blind, and Mm. and we hear that term a lot. I know that you've spoken a lot about people's confusion around your particular condition Mm. because, you know, if I were to see you walking down the street, I wouldn't think at all that you you were blind.
1: And I think... I mean, but then what does a blind person look like? Well,
0: uh, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. And there's, there's a preconception that a blind person has dark glasses and a white cane.
1: Mm, and they can't make eye contact. Yes. So in, in legal terms, anyone with less than 10 degrees of peripheral vision is classed as legally blind. Right. Um, and so in 2008, I had less than 10 degrees, which I don't actually know the percentage, but I'm mm. now, you probably have around, I guess, 160 degrees. Okay, right. Um so i had far more vision then than what mm. i do now so i'd at a guess 7 or 8 degrees i don't really know i don't know the degree yep. number though
0: yeah sure and yeah. I, I know i've spoken to people in the past and on this podcast and indeed through my work with see differently that that have actually suffered abuse in the past because mm. from from the public who don't really understand
1: yeah i get it regularly unfortunately um People will say to me, oh, you don't look blind. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, what does a blind person look like? (laughs) And, you know, we think of blind people that can't make eye contact or um, wear the dark glasses, the dark wraparounds, and I kind of refuse to wear those. I don't want to be treated as a blind person. Um, So, yeah, I do get that regularly that, you don't? are you training or you must be a trainer. I'm like, oh, no, Lana's my actual qualified guide dog. And they're like, oh, but you're not blind. I'm like, well, yeah, I am actually. So I get that. A lot, right. you know, almost daily. Yeah. Um. But we also get abused by Uber drivers regularly and get refused regularly. Wow. Yeah. It's
0: amazing, isn't it?
1: It's disgraceful. It you really know, It's is. legislation. Yeah. It's law. Um. Yeah. But probably 50% of Ubers refuse us. Oh, no. And no. drive off. And we've been left in the dark on the side of the road at work before. Yeah, that's appalling.
0: Yeah. yeah. But that, that, I, I think that... The fact that you do come across the way you do, and 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 you handle yourself beautifully, and you've got a, a regular everyday job just mm. just like everyone else, is is testament as well to the technology we have today, isn't it? You, mm. you use a use a computer and you use I a do. phone, and yeah. yeah.
1: So I can, you know, just with your normal iPhone, you can enlarge the text, you can have the the text bold, you can make things uh, far more accessible. Um, and at work I can do the same because yeah. my vision that is in the tunnel is actually quite good vision. Um, I can actually read a computer screen without any modification. Yeah. So I can't see the whole screen, but what I can read on the screen, I can read without any modification. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. And has uh, has SeaDifferently helped you with any of that stuff? Or you, you just had the dog from...
1: Um, oh, definitely. Like with the, yep. with Lana, as my guide dog, C differently made a massive difference. Yes. Um. I've seen the occupational therapist before yep. and they helped me work through different phone apps that can okay. make catching the bus easier and know when the bus is coming
0: yep.
1: um, and also just having an apple watch which makes a huge oh, yeah. difference yep. um you know it vibrates on my wrist when i'm going the wrong way if yep. i if lana and i are in a place that we don't know generally you know when i'm walking around the west lakes area mm. it doesn't really matter where we are i can say to lana find home and she knows and she'll find home
0: wow She's a, cl- yeah. she's a smart girl. She's
1: a very smart girl.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk a bit more about Lana. Mm. Um, have you had another dog before or is Lana your first?
1: Lana is my second. She's I had another a, guide yep. dog, Arlo, who had to retire yep. unexpectedly quite early. Um, so I only had him for about eight months. Okay, right. And then I had a couple of months break until um, See Differently were able to match me with another guide dog. Yep. So fortunately it was only a couple of months. Um, yep. It could have quite possibly been months, you know, a long time a- before they had a dog because you don't just get matched with the next available dog; they're very they're matched specifically yeah. um, to the person. So. And let
0: me tell you, I witnessed firsthand the chemistry yesterday. Mm, yeah. Um. That and you, you know, animals don't lie. Mm. You know, and 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 yes. the, 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 the the feeling that she showed towards you and and you to her yeah. was quite extraordinary. Yeah. You you got on so well.
1: We do, you know. She's my best friend, really. Yeah. We go everywhere together. Um, she knows if you're having a rough day. When yeah. my daughter um, went overseas in April, Lana knew that I was struggling a little bit. Yes. Um, and she would just come and nudge me when I was sitting on the lounge and, and just put her, put her nose on your lap and yeah. just to let you know that she's there and she knows that you're not feeling great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's made a massive difference emotionally yeah. as well as, you know, just... Getting out and about and having my independence again, really.
0: And I saw yesterday, you know, when, when I said to you, "Oh, can we please do that again?" It was it was beautiful when she put a paw upon your lap. She does. <laughs> you, yeah. you, it was it was gorgeous. She so does. about the impact, you just mm-hmm. touched on it. What can you do now that you weren't able to do pre Lana? Leave home. Wow, really? As much yeah. as as much as that.
1: Um, because I didn't want to have to use a white cane, and yes. thankfully, see different. Um, We're, we're, you know, on board with that and they they didn't make me have to do that. I did some training with her and and we agreed that it wasn't the best thing that I wanted to to do. So without Lana, I was actually basically stuck home unless my daughter could take me somewhere. Right. So we can leave home. I can say to Lana, find the bus and she'll walk over to Military Road and she'll sit down and when the bus comes she stands up so I know the bus is coming. Wow, yeah. I can say to her, let's go to Pilates today and she'll walk to the Pilates studio yeah. from home. I don't have to give her a direction at all. I mm. couldn't do that without her. Mm. She can take me across the road to the Westlake Shopping Centre. Yeah, She'll find Coles. Yep. Kmart is her absolute favourite.
0: Yeah, the dog food aisle.
1: Toys. <laughs> the toys. toys. <laughs> she loves toys, yeah. Yes. So she... You know, she's just really changed my life completely. Yeah. She's given me independence. I can basically go and do what most people can do. Yeah. Can't drive a car yet. No,
0: but well, you'll get there. Hopefully. <laughs> Lana will do it.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, now, we, we, you mentioned earlier that you, uh, you, you you had a job that you left. and mm. uh, So tell us a bit about, about your career now. What do you do?
1: Mm. I'm currently working for the South Australian Fire and Emergency Services Commission, um, called SAFECOM for short. So they're kind of the governing body that look after the non-operational parts for the MFS, the CFS and the SES. Yep. So I've been there since February this year and I'm covering a maternity leave contract until May next year.
0: Right. Fantastic. And and how supportive are they with you? Incredible. Yep.
1: For me they're their employer of choice they? They, yeah. uh, I, I couldn't wish for a better workplace yeah when I first started there Lana was quite unsettled which was a bit unusual mm. um normally she would adapt to anywhere she didn't feel comfortable where we' were putting her bed on the floor right um and work were just so so accommodating yep. people move spaces for us Lana now sits in front of a huge window yep. she gets all the afternoon sun she's completely happy yeah Um, work kind of they just They're always checking in if I need anything. They're supportive. We had the Chiefs blind games um, not last week, the week before. Right. So the four Chiefs and the deputies um, all had goggles on that impaired their vision to approximately 10%, similar to mine. Um, And we just did some fun games. And the whole sector was engaged. We had about 80 people down there. Brilliant. And it just gave everyone a bit of an understanding. Not that I wanted a sympathy vote from it. That's the last thing I want. But I just wanted them to be aware of, you know, I can still do stuff that they can do. Yeah. I might look a bit silly doing it, like the chiefs and the deputies are gonna <laughs> gonna look doing it. Yeah. But yeah, an extremely supportive workplace.
0: Yeah, but it would help them as well. I think I mean, people can be as empathetic as as they can. But but until you, I think until you experience something that way, the, mm. the way you've just described, mm. you would never truly understand. No. And even now they, they don't because they don't have to live with it every day. But it's just yeah. that one further step, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And you know, some of them are quite surprised. At how impaired my vision is because I can walk around the building without Lana because it's a very safe building to I'm walk and familiar in. for you. And yeah, and it's familiar, yep. and people don't leave things on the ground, they yep. don't leave their chairs out in the walkways. Um, it's, it's open, it's clear, it's light. Yeah, they've changed the we had a lot of um infographics on the yes. walls, I think icon, iconographics or something, yeah, yep, I think yep, they're called. Yep, um. And there was, a, look, there was one area done and I went and had a look and it really affected my eyes. I right. couldn't work out what was a door, what was a window, where the office space started and finished. Um, and I spoke to the chief executive and she was so supportive yeah. to, to work with me and the designers came and met with us and we, they settled on something that was far more accessible for me. Um, and not just you, incredible. but for future
0: employees in and your that, position. That yeah. was the
1: thing. And visitors. Yeah. Yeah, and with a visitors, vision yeah. impairment can feel comfortable being in that building now. So. Yeah,
0: and, and obviously you sent them a consulting invoice.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's my next job.
0: That's right. Now talk to us about life outside work. You said mm-hmm. you've got a daughter.
1: I do. So I have a 21-year-old daughter. She's just started with SA Ambulance as a paramedic.
0: Right, wonderful.
1: So she's been doing that for three weeks now. Um, and loving life. Yep. She went away for six months overseas and had a great holiday before she started. So that was good.
0: That's good.
1: That is good. Um, well, Lana and I do lots of things. We went to the Australian Open earlier this year. We went to the men's final and the women's final. And people say, you know, why did you go to the tennis Yeah. when you're blind? I'm like, well, it's the atmosphere. Of course. You know, I can't yeah. see the ball, but I can hear the players. Yep. I, can, I can hear them running on the ground. I can hear the cheering. I can... I can do you know, I experience it all except for the the movement of the white of yeah. the green bull. So yeah. we still do lots of things. We've been to the Adelaide Oval with friends to football. Um mm. we kind of go everywhere. Yeah. You know, marathons. we go to Lana comes to Pilates every week. Yeah. She just lays there and laughs and watches us while yeah. we do what we're doing and
0: Now you're playing it down, you're gonna make me ask you. Um I, I hear that you run marathons.
1: I did. I used to. Used yeah. To. I yeah, I've run, I don't know. 30, 35 marathons in the last six or seven years. Is that,
0: uh, but what I do know you're going to do is climb Mount Kilimanjaro.
1: I am, yes. In January yeah. um, with a friend who has done it before, um, going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro.
0: And you're in training.
1: I am. How's that going? Um, I'll start soon. <laughs> I will start training any day soon. <laughs> I can't say I've done much yet. Well, they
0: say you've got to run to uh, you've got to run from the city to Glenel to work off a Mars bar, so yeah. you can probably afford a few Mars bars if you to... Gonna... Oh,
1: really? Exactly. <laughs> Chocolate is my friend.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, and, and we love Mars bars. If uh, Mars wants to sponsor the show, um, now exactly. t- t- tell us about it. how do you, how would you like the wider community to understand vision impairment and your position and and those around and the you know the people in your sort of position.
1: Look, I just want people to think about what they do, you know, before they do it. Um, you know, a real estate agent might put their sandwich board on the footpath. Mm. Well, we've got to then walk onto the road to go around that sandwich yeah. board because yep. Lana will walk around an object. Just little things, you know, I'd like Uber drivers to be nicer, more respectful, yeah. more yeah. accommodating, considerate.
0: Mm. Um,
1: well, to meet their legal obligations, really, it's legislative. Absolutely. So. And I just would like everyone to know that not you know you can have a vision impairment but you might not look like the typical Mm. blind person Mm. so because i can make eye contact with people they don't think i'm blind but i just want people to be accepting and kind and respectful really
0: absolutely is there any um i'm sure there are in some cases but it just dawned on me with the uber thing in particular because it's booked on an app is there Mm. not a, a, a part of the app that you can specify that
1: yeah, so I'm registered. I yeah. was having a lot of trouble initially, and yeah. I I would lodge a complaint each time they refused mm. me because they would generally um, send me a cancellation fee right. when they refused me. Gosh, so it was a double whammy. Yeah, and um, so I complained to Uber numerous times, yep. and they suggested that I register as an accessible um, okay. traveler, which right. I did. Yep. So I've, on my profile, it says that I have a guide dog, but they don't read your profile. Yeah, okay. They just see. They just read the you know, the fare, how much they're going to make out of it. Yeah, that. of course. Yeah. So I've kind of, I think I've done as much as I can do right? Um, to make them aware that I do have a guide dog. Yeah. But the penalties for them aren't very much. They, yeah. might, they get banned from the platform for 24 hours and that's all.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, something's got to be done about that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as you know, uh, See Differently is about to launch its Christmas appeal mm. um, and you're going to be our superstar, as is Lana.
1: Let's just go with Lana. Hence the, the photos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on anyone listening to this, why they should support the organisation?
1: Look, well, I could talk about this for hours and hours, but <laughs> I just hope that people will either make a small donation or a large donation or consider being a puppy educator, yep. puppy raiser. Um, the difference they make, the dogs make to my life and other people's lives is immense. Mm. Um so, you know, I would just really love people just, I know times are tough and cost a living, but just if, if everyone just put a dollar in each, each person $1, it would make a massive difference. Mm. So the cost of raising a guide dog, I think, is around the $40,000 mark. Yeah, it's big money. Yeah. Um, some, some of the dogs are NDIS funded, yep. um, which Lana was, so that was great. But mm. if you're not an NDIS participant, then there's no funding. Yes. Um, so the donations are just so important. They yep. make, your donation will make a massive difference to our life. And I just I don't know how to say it in words, the impact that it has.
0: Yeah, I think you just did. That was wonderful. Yeah. Um, Lisa Kundi, it's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat to you today on our little podcast
1: Thank you Richard Thanks Lana for coming
0: in with Lana
1: You are welcome we're happy to be here
0: Absolutely this has been the See Differently podcast uh, starring Lisa Kundi and Lana with me Richard Miller we'll speak to you again next time